So I'm going to run to the internet and blast it on the internet and then be like, well, I don't know why I'm blacklisted from this brand. Like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think Ming was just going to like roll over and be like, yeah, we made a crappy watch. Like maybe they did make a crappy watch, but nobody's going to know because the first thing you did was blast them on the internet. Welcome. What do we call this again, Travis? The Wind Up Merchants. The Wind Up Merchants. Yeah, so there's myself, Rick, and there's this other guy. Other guy, say hello. Oh, you broke up right there, Rick. Did I? Yeah, ah. I couldn't hear what you said. The system has failed us already. We're exactly 15 I, 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 seconds I, I, you, into You said we're the Wind Up Merchants, and then you like cut out, and then I didn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you were just like staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> say hello, Travis. Hey guys, how you doing? So, Travis, very quickly, who are you, where are you, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, my name is Travis. I have I have worked a, in a lot of places uh, in the watch industry. Um, I have been a contributing editor for uh, Horrorbox. I have been a contributor, I guess a contributing editor, to a blog to watch, and now we've kind of started our own, our own thing here. We will be trying to get as many voices as possible on to hear. So when we tell you at the end of the show how to get in touch and all that good stuff, do get in touch and maybe your voice will appear in here too. But that's enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Let's go. Our topic of conversation, we might be a little bit behind the curve, but we're only new and learning this. But we are going to have our own tuppence over the whole uh, debate around Ming and what happened with the recent release and the QC around it. So, Travis, you have been head and shoulders above this in both the opinion. You're also the bit of a Ming expert, whereas I'm not. So give us a bit of the background on this before we jump into the to the full wind-up pivot on this subject. Because I know you're talking about the debacle of the misaligned hand. Ming is a very word-of-mouth brand. They're not, they're, what Ming is dependent on is some big time, like, you know, frat boy Instagrammer going, hey, look how cool my Ming watch is. Like that, they're very reliant on that. My thing is with Ming, I feel like since day one, they've been eccentric enough out the gate to be insanely divisive and you either love it or hate it. And so when you're talking about a love it or hate it brand, they have to be 100% perfect all the time. Because otherwise, what ends up happening is you have the love it crowd that starts getting nickered away of the into the hate it crowd when something goes wrong. So you've already got a 50-50, I love it. It's over here. It's great. I hate it. It's over here. And then you say, hey, my hands are misaligned. And then the love it crowd goes, well, I'm going to move a little bit more towards the hate it. <laughs> and then you go, I'm going to make a dive that looks like a honeycomb. And then the love it crowd goes, that's weird. I'm not about it. And then what you have is all these freaking meme accounts that jump down the throat of the brand and are insanely rude and disrespectful and mean. And that resonates with people right now. Absolutely. So you have, you have that the monological dictionary. Oh Whatever she is. Yeah, you know what? The dude's hilarious. But this he was this one, he th- he threw gasoline on a on a forest fire that was not ready for it. And and Ming, Ming didn't help the situation, but they weren't wrong. Like they were both, both sides were right in this scenario. The problem is at you, you already have a finite people in the love it section. Uh, you know, let's be generous and say 50% of watch enthusiasts love Ming, which is a generous number. It's a very generous number, but every time something like this happens, it's like 5% are gone. Yeah. And 
8% are gone the next time. Then 6% are gone the next time. And pretty soon you got like 80% of people that hate Ming and Ming isn't helping the situation by being like, well, you guys aren't getting watches anyway. It's like, okay, what way do you think that was going to be the response? It was, was a like- particularly weird response to make. It was a particularly tone deaf response. And mm-hmm. on, in this particular instance, like nobody chilled and nobody had any chill. This whole scenario, like I'm going to go back <laughs> to like, like have some chill. Like it's like 2004, but like, it's one of those things. It's like everybody just needed to like chill out. And every time somebody would like lob a little grenade to the other side, they would just send a bigger grenade. And then all of a sudden you just had this like whole out of like, it was completely blown out of proportion. I, like yeah. I know some of the guys at Ming personally, so it was like one of those things right, where like okay. they would have rectified it if they had just shut the heck up mm-hmm. for like 10 minutes. Uh, okay, so what? Am I wrong on this? Uh, thing no, no, thing? no, I think you did right. No, no, you did right. Because, because, About, uh, because as you say, it is a brand that either people love or people just don't get. I'm not sure that anybody really hates them. I think people like to say they do. Point, yeah, they, I'll give you that. That's fair. What we'd say in Scotland, again, I'm now just using this as ammunition going, yeah, we told you so. <laughs> And 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 that's pulling oh, yeah. other people oh, yeah. to the dark side from those who love Ming because they tried to get one. And and bear in mind, this is the way he's treating paying customers. So you know he's turned that guy oh, off, yeah, yeah, girl that's... off plus all their mates. And <laughs> absolutely, and and that's the that's part of the problem. As I also think, like a like a big part of culture right now, even. And I'm I'm gonna pull the I'm gonna pull the c word and say the culture card. As if you have, if you're upset about something, you immediately go to the internet and flame it. Like there's not like, like, okay. So I'm on my third blend jet right now. All like none of them work. Every time I've bought one, it hasn't worked. So every time I've bought one, I've taken it back to the store and returned it. That, cause that's, it doesn't work. I, I, so I haven't gotten to the point where it's like, I'm going to, I got my first blend jet. It doesn't work. I'm going to go leave a piss, pissy review on Amazon because it didn't work. The first time I got it, I don't. <laughs> are you, oh, hold on. Are you saying it was a shipping issue? Because I've had that excuse used somebody else before recently. <laughs> it could have been. Eh, okay. All right. I, all right. That's fair. But that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know what happened. But my thing is, I'm I, me, like, and I think normal human beings would be like, I'll, I'll figure out what happened, like, with the company. And then if I'm still not satisfied, then I'll go to the internet. Like, I'm not going to be some rich douchebag Instagrammer who's like, I'm going to go straight to my stories and flame the company in my stories and see what happens to see what happens then. It's like, of course, the company's going to get pissed. And it's like, <laughs> then Ming gets pissed and everybody's like, oh, my God, Ming I was got pissed. Uh, impressed like, that he didn't immediately yeah. <laughs> like, do a whole dinky and prevent folk from commenting on the post. On, on his website. He did. Uh, that was you know, props for that. And the, and the thing is. It has I mean, just been a dead easy target for every memer known to man. Oh, yeah. Like it, it, misalignment just plays into so many of those. <laughs> of the... Well, it's such a stupid situation. Like, like when you, you know, but I mean, what is what are those well, big watches cost? How much are well, those? Up and up. That, I, I, I think they're like four grand. That's like you're you're talking. You're getting into like yes, like Grand Seiko pricing, mm-hmm. and on an independent. So it makes it even worse. Once you get that, once you go that route and be like, hey, this is a $4,000 watch or a $5,000 watch, and you get a, 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 <laughs> a hand that looks like this, it's like, yeah, I, I can see why people would be upset. At the same time, at the same time, like, 
what your first response shouldn't be like uh-huh. to go and blast them on the internet. And then it's like, of course the company is going to be mad at you. Like, what did you, what would, like, what do you think was going to happen? Like, I'm on my third blend jet. Well, I, I, I haven't done that. Can, can I just start? I don't know what like, that's blend not, jet is. A mixer. It's a mixer. It's like a miniature hand. Mi- I, I don't have it next to me. It's like a personal mixer. Like, you put all your fruit and your spinach and whatever, mangoes, whatever you put in there. You screw on the top and you press the button and it hand blends it. You flip it over, you unscrew it, you got it in a cup. It's like a turvis. Magic bullet. Magic, it's a magic, magic bullet, bullet, but it's fancier. Yeah, it's a magic bullet, but it's fan, it's for like it's oh, like right, okay. gentrified white people. Fashion. Like that's what we like. We like those like super right, like okay. fancy matte finish. Right. It's stupid. It's so dumb. I don't know why they're expensive. It's, it's because it's because they need to like make three for every one that works. That's why they're expensive. Well, that, apparently. So all that to say, like my first response hasn't been, and this isn't me trying to toot my own horn. It's just like I think that we as a culture have gotten very much to this point where it's like, I don't like something. So people give a crap what I have to say. So I'm going to run to the internet and blast it on the internet and then be like, well, I don't know why I'm blacklisted from this brand. Like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think Ming was just going to like roll over and be like, yeah, we made a crappy watch. Like maybe they did make a crappy watch, but nobody's going to know because the first thing you did was blast them on the internet. Oh, well. So eh, that, you know, I don't know how many of these guys they made. I think they made like a hundred. Right? I think it was more than that. I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was more I than think that. It was done in a couple of lots, but I don't know. I, I just don't get the hype. I mean, I understand the design cue. I understand, Bing? but I don't get the hype. I think it has been. Bing. I, I think it's been a create. The hype has been a creation of a number of watch journalists all being keen on the individual praising his watch. Nothing wrong with that. That's the way marketing works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you what turned me on to Ming. And I, I'm probably not in the majority, but maybe, I don't know, maybe I am. I get, when you're, when you're, when you're looking at different watches every single day and you're editing yeah. pictures and articles and this and that, you, you, you have your big brand watches. And then in some capacity, you have some version sure. of what those are supposed to be in every watch that gets produced. Like, how many, I mean, just think about how many daggum iterations of the sub that we've written about over the course of our, mm-hmm. our time in watch media. I, I mean, I can, I have, I personally have probably written a hundred articles on some various version of a dive watch that reminisces the sub. What Ming, I feel like is a brand for people who are tired of, of life. all the other brands. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> It's like they're tired. just tired of just tired. the same things being produced by the same brand. Like, like everybody's on the Christopher Ward train. I just, yeah. it's not my thing. Yeah, it, a- they all look like something else. And some of them don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's like, it's just one of those brands that like, I, I don't have, I, I got to say, I probably don't have enough experience with them to be like, I'm sure they're fine. Like, I'm yeah. sure they're plenty quality watches. They're well within the price point. I just, I haven't seen any that I've been like, Oh, that's really original. That's oh, you used a trident for a, a, a second's hand. Nobody's ever done that before. Good for you guys. You know, like I, I, Ming. Ming is like okay, so that's that's really interesting. That's a smoked crystal with a honeycomb pattern and a really skeletonized inset hand set that looks really neat. And it doesn't look like I, nothing that Ming has ever produced. I've like thought off the top of yeah. my head that looks like this. Oh no, I'm sorry. That, Does that make sense. Other than so, if you want to check out Mr. Daniel Holthrix, who might disagree, uh, then yeah, they're very much uh, you know come across as original. 
an original thought. And I'll not bash that. I just don't think that the original thought matches the hype that now accompanies it. In Instagram culture, anything can be hype. I I don't think everybody who is admiring and buying these is admiring and buying them because of the originality of the design language that is used in Ming watches. I think a percentage of them are doing it because they think they can flip them. A percentage of them are doing it because it's the cool thing to show off at the next red bar that they got one. And a homeowner... And a whole load of yes, folk are that, buying I'll them give you that. just so they can complain about the fact that they never got them because they didn't buy them in time and got chucked off the waiting list. So they can tell it. And I think a lot of people buy them too just to see what the next controversy is going to be. Because every time they release I mean, a watch, there's some controversy it, around it. How difficult can and they want to be in on it to actually just sell a thing? How do they? Ma- how do these small number watch companies manage to make such a hash? Of selling three hundred watches, they managed to upset. Because I don't, they don't make many mm-hmm. prototypes. That's part of the issue. Is a lot of these smaller brands don't have the overhead to make a bunch of different yeah, watches. No, that's not even what I mean. What I mean is, like, they say, right, we're putting three hundred of these for sale, and then the actual process of ordering, buying, partnering with your credit card details. You have to be able to type like the gazillion monkeys doing Shakespeare's thing in order to get yeah. through the credit card process quick enough so that your orders still get. It just strikes me. And I was listening to, who was it? I think it must have been Hodinky Radio. And they were talking about the extent to which uh, brands that issue limited editions, how many of them have actually been pre-sold before they even hit. So they say they've got 300 oh, yeah. for sale. Sure. They sell out in 15 minutes. The reality is there was only 50 for sale because they'd already sold 250 of them to their mates, to yeah. best mm-hmm. customers, to those that have been on for the journey. So actually the world is fighting over 50, not 300 or 400. Whatever it is. Well, and my thing too, I think that a lot of these, I can't speak for Ming because Ming, I think is a little bit bigger than a lot of these brands, but I do think a lot of these brands also send out and give away a lot of those watches because a lot of brands think if we give you a watch, I'm going to yeah. get a positive. Review. That's, that's what I'm saying is these micro brands don't yeah. make 500 samples. Like a, like somebody mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. Omega or Rolex might yeah. do like, and maybe not samples, but they make watches. They make tons of watches in a queue. Like how many, how many iterations of like the SRPB Seikos get made before they actually decide on which ones get shipped out? Hundreds probably. And these brands don't have that. So that like, I know I, I'm not going to say the name of the brand, but one of the brands that I got to review, they had two samples and they were the two different dial colors that they had. And they were sending these same exact samples around to every reviewer that they could get their hands on to review the watch. And by the time I got it, which, you know, at my publication, we should have been the first realistically, just because of the the hype that we had on it. I, I was scratched all get out like, like the do- the sapphire was hard to get a picture of without it being destroyed. Like the strap was starting to fray on the edges. Like it was just one of those things that uh, you would think that that would be something that we would be paying attention to before we start sending out press samples like that. They might have two samples, three samples, assuming they have samples at all. Because somebody like Ming just makes well, watches because they know they're going to sell a, out before. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice problem to have for them. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, they just came in and saw that, hey, why didn't you tell us about this? Why did you go straight to Instagram and complain on, on the Internet, uh, you know, to your yeah. to your 
thousands of followers. Like I get, I get why Mick is mad, yeah. but you're in customer service at this mm. point. You already sold the watch. Mm. Maybe bite your tongue for a minute. So welcome to the show, Chris. This is your first outing. You're a new watch collector. You know Travis. So let's start by uh, understanding how you know Travis, first of all. Just just reaching out and saying, uh, I forget. I probably reached out and just made some jokes. True. He's not wrong. Oh, yeah, that's right. I wanted a sub. We should talk about that. You hit me up because you wanted a sub. Yeah, you hit me up because you... Uh... You, you thought that you would just be able to go in and buy a sub and you wanted to know how much they cost. And I was like, I need to be responsible. And there's a one guy on Instagram that I know knows about <laughs> yep. watches. Then Travis was like, you don't want one. <laughs> and I was like, you're crazy. It's like the king of watches. Like this is the quintessential luxury watch. And he's like, no, you can't get one. Even if you want one, you're going to pay way more than it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem you want one but it, you never it's not gonna happen so let's find something else so in this section that we're naming after the chorus of your most one of your most recent releases okay so it's called the good 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 love section because you're mr positive and so we're going to start this week by looking at the submariner which you've already spoken about yeah and the idea is you're going to rate what you think about the Submariner, maybe now, good, good, maybe good, what you good, thought about good, it before, good love. out of yeah. six, because that's good, 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 good love. <laughs> okay, so you obviously came into this thinking this was the absolute king of watches, so initially it would have been a six out of six, but now that you've been slightly more exposed... Well, I feel like I have to explain why it's changed, which is, which is that uh, in communicating with Travis he kept sending me different watches to look at. So he was like, you don't want a sub, like, look at these. And he was sending, you know, grand Seiko's or um, he was like, you can spend your money and get a better watch. And it was in looking for like, what is a better watch than a Rolex? Cause in my mind, Rolex was the only luxury watch. And then I knew rappers like uh, AP, you hang out with a lot of rappers, do you, Chris, in your line? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's McClane and Kanye. Uh... <laughs> Next thing is going to be a, a McClarney featuring like Youngblood or something. <laughs> <laughs> McClarney, that's going to stick, by the way. That's going to stick. We're going to introduce you to the next show. It'll be Welcome Back, McClarney. McClarney. Uh, here's the deal about the, and it is a great watch. I think it's a great watch. It's, it's a wonderful watch. And what I love about Rolex is that they are committed to quality control. It's not like you're ever going to get a bad Rolex if you can buy one, but you can't buy them and they're overpriced. I don't want to spend, you know, 15 grand on a watch that's worth seven or eight. Uh, and it is a good watch, but because of that, I think I have to put it in like the, can you do halves? Can I go four and a half? Yeah, you know, you need to be, you need to be really specific. So go to the decimal <laughs> point. I'm going to say, I'm going to say four and a half because it's still a wonderful watch. I'm not knocking the watch, uh, but I would knock the company for not selling regular people watches. <laughs> the fact that. 
I've grown up my whole life and wanted to buy one. Yes. <laughs> What's so crazy too is they used to be the everyday man watch. Like this is what I wanted to get when I retired from my factory job. But I didn't never get a factory job. So I was going to buy one for myself. <laughs> and you say- can't buy them. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're yeah. You've never worked an honest day in your life. <laughs> uh, you really never got any job, honestly. Yeah, I give it four. I give it four point <laughs> so, five out of six. Four point five out of six. So four point five out of six for the ruling <laughs> from Chris McCarney makes it this. Good, 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 good. <laughs> So, thank you, Chris. Uh, Wait, what do you? What would you guys judge it as? I, I got to know what you would judge. Ooh, oh, do we get? To ju- oh, yeah. You need to judge it. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Go on, Travis. Do we get to judge it? Oh, he turns the camera. He turns the camera around. Rick, what do you think? What do you think about the Submariner? Well, I've always thought that what you should do in any of these kind of judging, like Dancing with the Stars or we, over here it's called Strictly Come Dancing, is the first thing you review should always get the bang on middle score. So you can either rate everything as better than it or worse than it. So out of six, I'm going to give it a three. Oh, wow. Because then you can judge as to whether any other watches are better than a Rolex Savannah or worse than a Rolex Savannah. So it's maybe not... Maybe it's actually better than a three out of six, but just because I'm weird and think this way, I'm going to give it a three out of six. What about you, Travis? You saying that makes me want to start at four. (laughs) Go on, Travis. So you're not judging it on merit. All right. So if you asked me five years ago, I'd have given it a dang near perfect score, probably. God. You know, it's a Submariner. It's classic. It's utility watch. I mean, one point, you know, the Navy used it. You know, it's a it's a classic watch. Now, I I struggle giving it a three. I, I just have a. I mean, it's it, here's the thing. It's gosh. When you're talking about the watch industry, it's like a critical watch in the industry. It's like a staple. The I'd argue it's the staple watch in the watch industry. Everybody knows what a Submariner is. It's like the highest stolen watch in the world. Like okay. everybody who robs somebody steals a Nautilus. Or they Gosh. steal a Submariner, mostly Submariner, because they're widely available. If you're wearing a Nautilus, you're typically not going to be anywhere where someone's going to steal it. But now I think I'd give it a two and a half, maybe. It's just not an in- it's not an interesting watch anymore. And and the idea of it being so hard to get makes it even less interesting to me. Because you're right, you know, you quit your factory job and retire and you go get your Submariner. You know, <laughs> I have family members, that's what they did in the 70s and 80s. Well, or the two-tone a, date just. That seems to be oh, the Or the two-tone one. date, that's the other one, yep. You, you, you go, and now you walk into Rolex Boutique and they won't even look at you. They don't want to make eye contact with you. They're embarrassed. I, I, why do they have the boutiques? That's what I don't understand. They're spending money on these stores and you walk into them and there's zero watches. Or if they have watches, they're hidden and you've got to buy all the watches. <laughs> <laughs> well, what Rolex will tell you is that Rolex will say to you they do not sell watches because Rolex don't actually sell any watches to the public. They only sell them to wholesalers who are the authorised dealers that are owned by, say, Watch of Switzerland or Mayors or other big groups 
there are in uh, Tourneau or, or the rest of it. And actually, the people who don't have the stock are the Tourneaux, which might look like a, a moral brand Rolex boutique, but Rolex will always say, we do not sell watches to the public. We only sell them to dealers. And it's that complete disconnect that I think causes a lot of the trouble, especially for folk getting into it, who are then just completely put off. Or, as I say, go and buy something else, a Grand Seiko or a Zenith or a whatever else is kicking about. Yep. And it, it's actually, I, I was just talking to somebody today, it's actually disheartening for people who want to get into the watches because they are like you, Chris, where they're like, hey, I want to buy my first nice watch. I want to get a Rolex. And then you walk into a, you know, a Turno or a, a Mayers or something that watches the Switzerland and there is no Rolexes. And if you ask for one that's within your price range or within something that you, that, that you consider uh, a desirable piece, they, they'll laugh at you. <laughs> like, you know, as a, hey, I want a GMT Master 2 or I want a Submariner, I want a Datejust. And they're going to go, oh, all right, well, let me show you the $100,000 of other watches you need to buy before we'll even consider you for the list. Uh, you know, because right now they consider it a privilege to own one. You, you, if you buy, if you buy, uh, let's see, you, you buy a GMT Master 2. Let's just use that one because it's everybody knows which one that is. If you buy the Pepsi GM Master 2, you go into the boutique, you slam down. What, what's the retail on that now, Rick? 12 grand? It's like 12 grand on it? Yeah, something, something, like, that. something like that. You walk out the store, it's immediately doubled. Immediately. Box, papers, you walk out. So the way, the way that Rolex wouldn't say this as a brand, but the way the people in the brand would explain it to you is Rolex just handed you a check for 12 grand. That's the way they see they see it. Um, I, I don't agree with that, but you gotta gotta hand it to them. It's genius. You you don't have to you you never have to put a product on a shelf. They're gone before you before you release it. That's what I don't understand about the steel watches. Why do they not sell those? to people that don't have money to buy gold watches. There's the great right? debate. <laughs> yeah. We will get you back on the show, Chris, to have a specific Rolex discussion. It's just really interesting to see and hear someone who's going through the same logical thought that everybody goes through when they first get into watches. But thank you very much, Chris. So we gave the Rolex Submariner a four and a half out of six, and we'll be hearing from Chris again soon. Now it's time for the Wind Up Wind Down. So uh, welcome to the Wind Up Wind Down. Our chance is to get something off our chest that's been bothering us, that's been entertaining us, that's been encouraging us, whatever it is. My thing this week I wanted to discuss, especially with my transatlantic cousin here, because I have no idea how this works in the state, is window cleaners. Okay, Presumably in the States you get your windows cleaned, okay? Yes. Window Is cleaners just... are like the vertical long guys. Right, okay. Are window cleaners, like, are they just random guys in what we would consider? We would call them white van men. They're not parts of big companies. It's just a guy in a transit van who's got some ladders and some dirty water that he seems to have carried around all the houses. Yeah, it's just like never sitting come... in his van for like a month. Exactly. They, they never ask for hot water. They never, like, knock on the door and say, could you refill my bucket with some hot water out of your kettle, please? No. Or can I get some water out of your hose? They just turn up with bucket. They just dip it in go. the retention pond. <laughs> exactly. There seems to be no rhyme, no reason to when they show up. They just appear. 
it's not like a diary entry where you will see you. It's not like you if you your hair cut regularly or you go to the doctors regularly or you. They just seem to randomly appear, and the whole financial transaction that's involved is also a bit of a mystery to me. It's kind of like kind a, of, it's like a weird like window watch washing cabal. Yeah, they kind of just ask for money and you give them money, but you never question the quality of the workmanship. Nope. I don't think I've ever commented and said to a window cleaner. It's a bit like, I mean, this is maybe a very British thing. You know, in most British restaurants, you could pre- be presented with a completely cold dish that should be flaming hot. The waitress would ask you, is that is everything okay? And most British people would go, yeah, that's fine. Whereas my experience of restaurants in America is, if something turns up in the States and it's not right, the customer will tell the waitress They'll send it back. Staff, oh, yeah. They will send it back. And they will ask to see the kitchen. And there will That's be not everybody, but a lot of... Millennials yeah. won't send it back. Well, they're not. Millennials won't send it back. The boomers, they'll send it back. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the <laughs> ultimate definition between boomers and millennials? Yeah, we, we don't want to get our food spit in, but boomers don't oh, care. Okay. They'd be like, all they're, right. They survived the war. I, so I ordered right. this medium rare, and this is medium. Like that's... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, my thinking this week was I've uh, just uh, understanding the strange relationship with window cleaners. They just seem to appear. There seems to be no quality control or discussion over whether you should be paying the money. You just kind of part with money, and that seems to be it. I don't know what happens. In Does the anybody States. like think about what it costs to wash a window? Is it like an hourly <laughs> transaction, or is it like yeah, you pay I mean, per window? Are these guys absolutely? I mean, there used to be a tax in this country way back, way, way back, and it was based on the number of windows you had. I mean, I think this was like 16-something. It may even be before that. And that's why in Britain... I mean, it was basically before America was a country. That's why, all your, all, still... that's why all your architecture is painfully depressing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And why all your architecture is made of wood and burns down. The dodging the taxes. The dodging exactly. taxes. See, in the US, <laughs> everything's glass. I, I actually don't know. They might just drop off soap in a helicopter i have no idea now that i'm thinking about it <laughs> It'd be like one of those forest fire planes but they yeah. just add some fairy washing up liquid and just launch the bubbles at the building got dude repel got some dudes repelling out of a helicopter clean your windows and they're gone before you know it nobody knows how they're paid maybe they're paid by the government i have no idea <laughs> i don't think i thought you didn't believe in socialized anything over there uh, window washing, we could probably have an argument about window washing being so. Oh, okay. I, I don't okay. think anybody's going to argue. Nobody wants to wash their own windows, especially if, you know, <laughs> you know, I live in Florida, so it's hot as uh, all get out. I don't want to wash windows. All right, okay, cool. So anyway, that's my wind up, wind down, although I seem to have wired myself back up again. What is yours, Travis? <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know what's kind of crazy is I started watching, like, watch YouTube. Which mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm just too old, but mm. I, I got I, I've never really been into it, mm. and so I just kind of started watching different watch media on YouTube re- recently. And okay, I, one thing I gotta I gotta I gotta say is some of it is painfully pretentious. <laughs> okay, so who who is the most pretentious that you came across? I'm not name gonna them, name names. Name. I'm not. Okay, gonna I'll name bleep names. out. Name it, and I'll bleep it out. I promise. Fingers uh, crossed. Teddy Bolsonaro. Teddy, yeah. See, Teddy started off not really as a watch guy. He started as a fashion guy and then realised... I get that vibe very much. Yeah. But he got and famous. Then, so now yeah. he's, now he's you know, hanging out with, like, Kevin O'Leary and other, mm-hmm. you know. And it's kind of like, what are we what are we talking about here? And I noticed that a lot of these guys, like, they'll interview famous people, but they'll be afraid to tell them about watches. 
Like they don't want them. <laughs> like they don't want them to think that, like they're being told what to do or like what mm. they should like or what they don't like. Like, but but in in watch YouTube, we can't like we can't say that to anybody. Yeah. So who else have you watched this week? Uh, I started the Grey Market. Uh, Ooh, Roman Sharp. Oh right, yes, Roman Sharp. Yes, yes. Just know him as that. Uh, we could have a whole episode on discussing that. Oh, th- um, then we shall have a whole episode discussing that. But my wind-up, wind-down is uh-huh. watch YouTube needs to take itself a lot less seriously. All right, okay. I just, I, I do feel that a lot of it is all heading in the same direction. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're all, ah, pointing, they're all just pointing at spider- each other. Yeah, you know, it just seems to. The whole, the, the, I used to feel like there was a lot of variety, but now everybody is appearing on everybody else's show. Yes. And it's all just kind of drifting off into this cul-de-sac. And that I mean, was when you, I was, in our episode, and we start talking about the gray market and Roman. Uh-huh. Yeah. The gray market is, as far as I'm concerned, it's everybody's show. Mm-hmm. You you meet and greet and learn and talk and everybody knows everybody and and... I, you know, Roman himself isn't pretentious at all. Like, I, he actually seems fairly down to earth. But a lot of the a lot of the people that that I'm watching on YouTube recently, I I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm not a cool guy by any means, but I'm like this this guy. Think, like, chill out on this. Like, just chill out on some of these topics that you're you're coming off on because it it it's one. It's it's not. It's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch somebody spout off a bunch of reference numbers and correct their guests with reference numbers because nobody cares. You know, uh-huh. your average run-of-the-mill run-of-the-mill guy doesn't care. You know who cares about reference numbers? Really oh specific God. industry watch people. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. These guys yeah. these guys all care about what reference numbers amongst themselves, but the actual consumer that's watching their video don't care. None of them care. So to you know so, sit there and start, you know, correcting your guests on on the the specific references of the Speedmaster, it's like nobody cares. I like the red one. I like the black one. I like the one that has the moon motif on the back. I like the one with Snoopy on it. And if you can't speak to your audience about uh-huh. which ones those are and why they're cool and why they're important without, you know, coming off like, well, the eleven ten six oh five. Like nobody cares. All right, <laughs> nobody cares. Take yourself a lot uh-huh. less seriously. And that is my wind up, wind down. Good, good. I'm glad that we seem to have wound down rather than wound up even further, possibly. Anyway, that's it from us this week. Where can people find you on the internet, Travis? I am at watch.travis.go. And you will find me at at rick.tiktok and you will find the show at at the wind up merchants. That's at the wind up merchants. So follow along. Uh, the Discord server details will be there. You can always DM us for them. And you can email us at info at thewindupmerchants.com. Come and have a chat. Goodbye. Goodbye.